Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about some myths you'll hear about angels and demons. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're going to talk about some myths we might have heard about angels and demons. And you may have heard these myths because the world seems to be fascinated by these creatures, even while the world is trying to deny the very existence of God and undermine his authority every chance it gets. Angels and demons have thrived in popular culture. And you can scroll through the curated list of Netflix and between the, the 500 or so comedy specials, you'll find at least a dozen shows and movies about angels or demons. And, and despite all the interest in these creatures, there's still a lot of mystery and, and, and confusion uh, about them. And the information that we do hear is often far from the truth. And I find it interesting that the writer of Hebrews starts out saying that Jesus is greater than any angel. Hebrews 1.4, it says, So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. You know, why begin by comparing Jesus to angels. What's so important about angels that we'd even need to make that comparison? Well, angels of all of God's creation, they are powerful and, and wondrous beings. The Old Testament speaks of them as, as uh, being continually in God's presence, being so powerful that they could destroy an entire army single-handedly in a night. And they could even create such an atmosphere of, of fear just by being seen the people would bow down in terror. You know, the presence, their presence had such an effect on people that all the time when they showed up, they had to say, fear not. You know, when you're confronted by such powerful beings as angels, there's a natural tendency to want to bow down and worship them, to fear them. In fact, the Apostle John almost fell prey to that error. In Revelation 22, uh, he writes, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things, and when I heard them and, and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers, the prophets, and of all who keep the words of this book, worship God. Why compare Jesus to angels? Well, because there are people who would worship angels. You know, there, that seems to be the natural impulse when we find ourselves in their presence. And that's partly because of some of these myths that the world perpetuates about angels and demons. So what are these myths? Myth number one, angels and demons are uncreated. And to follow that, if angels and demons were uncreated, that makes them eternal and essentially co-equal to God. That's not what the Bible teaches about these creatures though. In Psalm 148, we see that the angels praise God because at his command, they were created. And not only are angels God's workmanship, they are created by God, but they spend their days humbling themselves before him by worshiping him, by, by praising him. Colossians 1.16 tells us that everything, including angels, was created by God. You know, Paul writes, for in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. 
And unlike us and the animals uh, that God created at the beginning, uh, who then went on to reproduce and create more, uh, you know, like us, angels were seemingly individually created by God. Matthew twenty two thirty tells us that they don't marry like humans do. They don't seem to reproduce like humans do. The point being, though, angels and demons are created. And so they're subordinate to God. Myth number two, angels and demons are all powerful. Now, make no mistake about it. Angels and demons, they are powerful. We see demons driving people to madness in the New Testament and angels striking fear in everyone they meet. In Genesis chapter 19, uh, verses 12 through 16, God uses angels to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. In 2 Kings 19.35, one angel alone is empowered to kill 185,000 Assyrians. According to Matthew 28.2, an angel moved the stone from Christ's tomb. In Acts chapter 12, an angel entered a locked prison and released Peter. In Acts 12.23, we read that an angel killed Herod in a gruesome way. You know, angels appear throughout the Bible to influence events. Demons are, are likewise powerful. We know that, that demons can give their victims superhuman strength, according to Mark chapter 5, verse 3. And normal natural laws don't seem to contain them. A legion of demons possessed one man and then later 2,000 pigs. And demons can hurt people. Matthew 17, 15 talks about a, a demon seizing a young boy and threw him to the ground or made him fall into fire or water. That's not clumsiness as we might see today. That was a demon. Demons were capable of causing all sorts of physical impediments like blindness and deafness. And although the Bible certainly includes examples where these impairments are not caused by demons, demons were sometimes involved. So angels and demons, they are powerful, but even they still have their limits. Only God is all-powerful. Anyone who claims to have power equal to him is fooling themselves. Angels and demons, even Satan, they may be more powerful than us, but they will never be more powerful than God. 2 Peter 2.11 tells us that angels are, are stronger and more powerful than even the strongest man, but even they will be sent to hell bound by chains of darkness if they sin. All angels and demons, they are subject to God's power and his will. Myth number three, everyone has a guardian angel. And because the world sees angels as perhaps more sympathetic to their needs than the God that they find in the Bible, there are those who would worship them. And they're tempted to worship angels because unlike Christ, unlike God, there's no requirement for commitment from angels. Or if there is a requirement, it's very little. The angels these people approach, they ask for nothing. They, they just supply. They, they give comfort and control to the lives of their worshipers, or so the worshipers believe. And with that danger a real possibility, the writer of Hebrews tries to put things in perspective. First, he wants us to realize that yes, angels are powerful beings. In chapter 1, verse 7 of Hebrews, he wants to make it clear that they can help. They are like the wind. They're everywhere. And if you saw them in person in the flesh, if you will, you would see fiery beings. It would hurt your eyes just to look at them. And yet, as awesome as these angels are, they are servants. They are servants of those who will inherit salvation, in verse 14. They are servants of God the Father, in verse 7. And they are servants of of Jesus. 
Hebrews 1.6 tells us that when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. God's angels worship the Son of God. Angels are not creatures to be worshipped. They are creatures who worship, and they worship Jesus. And at some point, the world created this theory of angels as guardians, and they say that God loves, which is absolutely true. And so because he loves you, you have an angel looking out for you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you believe. You have this special angel sitting on your shoulder waiting for an opportunity to help you out. And we see cases in scripture where angels are helping, but this isn't exactly how it works. Look again at Hebrews 1.14, and we see who angels are sent to serve. It says those who will inherit salvation. In other words, as powerful as angels may be, they can't help you if you aren't saved. And more importantly, they can't save you. The writer of Hebrews is telling us you can do without angels, but you cannot do without Jesus. As powerful as angels might be, they cannot save you. And as powerful as demons might be, they can't damn you. Only Christ has the power to save, and only you have the decision to accept that gift. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's Word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure that others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.